Hello, folks, and welcome back to another episode of Are You a Fan? So, uh, if you like the episode, give us a like, share, follow, and uh, maybe even t- make one of your friends listen to it on a long car drive. I mean, they have to. It's your car. Okay, so start out this week. I got a question, as always, for the audience and for my co-host, Joker. So, Okay, so if you were... I guess gifted or forced upon the power. Like, would you accept the power of a werewolf, but you're adherent to the old school, like full moon werewolf? I guess more, the biggest question on that one was, are you coherent with yourself? Or is it just like the old school where you just go berserk and you don't remember what happened? Let's say you could eventually learn to be coherent and control, but that's going to take some time and effort. If I could eventually be coherent, then yeah, that'd be worth it. I mean, I'm real torn because it'd be cool to have to know once a month I'm like, I'm about to become a real beast and it's going to feel real good. Because I just imagine that shape shifting. You have a knot in your back. That's going to stretch that right <laughs> oh, on out. Oh, yeah. But um, at the same time, just like that first few years of just like waking. Well, you know what? I was an alcoholic. I could deal with this, too. <laughs> so, yeah, I'd take the power. <laughs> Okay, so folks, that brings us into this week's character, Wolfman by Night, a.k.a. Jack Russell. So let's get into it. We're starting out with real world, as always. Okay, Wolfman by Night, usually referred to by other characters simply as Werewolf, is the name applied to two fictional characters who are werewolves appearing in American comic books, published by Marvel Comics, the first incarnation of the Werewolf by Night, Jack Russell, first appears in Marvel Spotlight, issue number two, February 1972. So this is actually a decently old character. While the second incarnation, Jack Gomez, debuts in Werewolf by Night, issue number one, October 2020. So fairly new reincarnation of the character. Oh, extremely new for the new one, for, for Jake. Yeah. Prior to the information of the Comics Code Authority in 1954, Marvel's predecessor, Atlas Comics, would publish a five-page short story titled Werewolf by Night in Marvel Tales issue 116 in July of 1953. Yeah, so, man. in the long run, he's a little bit older than even his first appearance. Yeah, dang. Also, my God, that comic book code like really just set back so many characters. Yeah, it really did. Like we're fine, like, because I, if I remember correctly, the comics code like no undead or like magical beings BS yep. and that, which it was essentially just no horror, yeah, styled creatures essentially. Which we see here, we could have had so many more comics with this character, right? That, <laughs> but the comics code was like no, no mystical horror things or unmarried kissing. Yeah, which, we talk about in our episode about the vision. Go back and check that out. <laughs> Okay, with the relaxation of the Comics Code Authority rule in 1971, it became possible for the first time to publish code-approved comic books with werewolves. It's just so weird. Like, who was in charge of making these rules? Yeah, that's a good question. Because <laughs> they, they should have just been thrown out. <laughs> right? <clears throat> so the Jack Russell version of Werewolf by Night... Uh, also appeared in Marvel Spotlight issue number two in February 1972 and was based on an idea by Roy Thomas. 
Okay. Uh, the series was suggested by Stanley, and initially creative team was Gary Conway and Mike Plug. Plug? Plug? As always, people, we do apologize for butchering last names. Well, they're last names. Come on. <laughs> uh, kind of looks like Plug. Okay, let's go. That's what, what I'm going with. Let's go with Plug. I like that. So, readers would often point out that the lead, lead character's name, Jack Russell, would also be a dog breed. Uh, Conway has said that while he cannot remember how he came up with the name, it's unlikely he was making the canine reference consciously, uh, since he did not own a dog and never lived with one growing up. And it's very possible that was just a very subconscious, Yeah, this sounds like a, an okay name, and it just happened to be a dog just, breed. Just one of those, like, somebody brings it to your attention, you're like, happy coincidence. Yeah. Honestly. And I feel like that's exactly what happened, especially if you never owned a dog or grew up with one. Which, that's not something you would just think of. Which, man, no wonder they became a comic artist. This person was just starved for, starved for things. <laughs> right. Okay, so after the test run in Marvel Spotlight issues number two through four, the character graduated to his own self-titled series in September 1972. So, honestly, yeah, only having two appearances and then immediately starting his own series, not bad. Yeah, that's pretty impressive. Yeah. We've seen a lot of other characters we've done on here where it takes them a lot more issues before they get their own. Oh, yeah. Some of them, they still really never got their own. True. So Conway described working on the series as, quote-unquote, a lot of fun because the horror genre made a refreshing change from the superhero stories that he'd, that had been the staple of mainstream comics for years. Which is definitely fair because when you're so used to this one thing, having even just the slightest bit of change is, is very refreshing and different. Right, which I got to say, like Werewolf, uh, Werewolf by Night, like just going into the horror genre, I feel as though helped make comics what they are today where I always tell people, there's a comic for everybody. No matter what genre you're into, guaranteed there's a comic on it. Oh, yeah, especially nowadays. Yeah, which honestly, I love. Werewolf by Night was published for 43 issues and ran through March 1977. During the ser uh, series run, the editorship w uh, could not resist the opportunity to assign one of their most popular writers, Marv Wolfman to write some stories for the series with play with a playful note at last werewolf written by Wolfman. You know, somebody at that studio was having a heyday. Oh yeah. Like it even says like they couldn't resist as you know, as soon as they just, they started working on this, like, okay, eventually he has to work on this right? just for the namesake, if nothing else. I'm trying to think, have we, have we covered Wolfman, uh, have we covered uh, Marv Wolfman in any of our other series? Oh, he's been in a lot of the comics. I thought so. So, yeah, like legitimately a solid writer and a prevalent writer in the comic book world. But I do imagine there had to be a moment where they asked him to do it, and he's like, it's because of the name. And they're like, no. Oh, that, I mean, a lot. Yeah. I guarantee there was no beating around that bush. They're like, yeah, it's exactly why. <laughs> Even if it's just one issue, that's all we want. Just one guy in the background of the others holding up a thing that has the werewolf written by a wolf man. He's just like, please? Right. So an issue of number 32 in August of 1975 contains the first appearance of the Moon Knight. Jack Russell co-starred with Tigra the Giant-sized creatures 
uh, issue number one, July of 1974, which was the first appearance of Greer Grant Nelson as Tiger instead of as the cat. Which I gotta tell you, as I as I researched this character, like Wolfman set up a lot of other characters. They really did, which is kind of cool. Yeah, like especially Mo- for someone who seems to still be kind of a sideline character, very low named character. Yeah, like I like it, like I honestly I remember because I've known about Wolfman for for a while. I freaked out when he appeared in the Amazing Spider-Man series. Yep, and freaking uh, then they finally get us a movie. Like he's finally getting some notoriety but still you're right like very under the radar yep so that series was retitled giant size werewolf with its second issue jack russell was uh dormant for most of the 1980s the character appear uh, appearance was radically revamped in moon knight issue number 29 march 1983 how cool would it have been if they had brought Wolfman into the Moon Knight series? That would be pretty cool. Just as a little small cameo. Makes you wonder, though, if they didn't because they were making the the movie show for I, Disney+. Plus. I could see that. Especially since it didn't came, come out that much longer afterwards. They were pretty close together. <laughs> okay, folks, uh, let's get into the in-universe now. Take us away, Joker. So, while reports of lycanthropy, which is shape-shifting into werewolf, and the Rusoff line stretch back many centuries, the first confirmed manifestation was Grigory Rusoff in ni- uh, 1795. I just tried to swap those numbers around. <laughs> right, so, yeah, this is, definitely a, this is definitely one of those characters we cover where it's like, mm, we're not going to be able to start with them until we explain a little bit of their family's history. So Dragula slew Grigori's wife, uh, Louisa, after he refused to acknowledge Dracula's primacy upon his return to Transylvania. Grigori then ambushed and destroyed Dracula, but was mutated into a werewolf by Lydia, a werewolf formerly imprisoned by the vampire lord. Dracula, ah, keeping up with his BS. Oh, yeah. You know, just him, them and the... Uh other family that he's always fighting with. He's always starting something. Right. So, Grigori would take a second wife and accounts vary as to why lycanthropy failed to pass to his descendants. Sometime prior to May of 1930, though, Grigori's descendant, Gregor, obtained the legendary Darkhold Scrolls, binding them back into book form. Alright. Alright, probably not a great start with the I, You know when the Dark Hole gets in, involved, this is going to go downhill real quick. I have never once read a single story in the Marvel verse that involves the Dark Hole that went well. Exactly. So, yeah. Okay, so reading Lycanthropy's origins in the Dark Hole under a full moon triggered the dormant curse. My God, wow, you couldn't have made it more obvious that you were going to set this off? Right. So, mutating Gregor. Uh, so, yeah, doing that mutated Gregor. He further transcribed much of the Darkhold into Gregor's diary, essentially creating a Darkhold copy, which he used as his own diary. Yeah, because that's real smart. <laughs> oh, my God. It's like... It's like these people want to be cursed. You know, he might have. <laughs> he was messing with the Darkhold. Yeah, true. <laughs> God dang it. Just put the book down. Oh, reading a little book never <laughs> hurt anybody. Uh, that's debatable. 
Gregor would so, uh, sell part of his estate, including the Wondagore Mountain, uh, to Jonathan Drew, who shared it with his partner, Herbert Wyndham, uh, which was also the future high evolutionary. Yeah, and that's another that's another character that like I, it blew my mind that Werewolf by Night introduced was uh, the High Evolutionary, which huge huge uh, huge character later on in the Marvel comics. Also a bit of a niche character, despite the f- impacts he's had. Yeah, Rusov stayed with the Evolutionary. You kept the Werewolf safely contained for decades. For those of you who don't know about the Evolutionary, it's possible we could do an episode on him. But basically, just so you know, he's an expert on um, ev- on uh, biological engineering humans and animals. Which means a, were- a werewolf or a lycanthropy would be his bread and butter. So, Rusov eventually would use the Darkhold to summon... Cathon? Is that how you pronounce that? Okay, so... I think I know the character, but if the character's name is anything like uh, actual Cthulhu's name from the books, it should probably be pronounced Cthon. Okay, we're going to go with that. So it's uh, summon Cthon to, to cure him. The Elder God would nearly break through the earthly plane. Why are you messing with Elder Gods? Because <laughs> otherwise there wouldn't be a story plot. <laughs> right? So Magnus the Sorcerer would force Rusoff to banish Cthon who lashed out and slew Gregor. The Gregor Rusoff who stayed with the High Evolutionary seems to have been the grandfather or great-grandfather of Jack Russell, having the same name and presumably used the same diary, contributed to early confusion. Lovely. Right? Just a whole lot of confusion in names and everything. Oh, man, like... Honestly, I want to get irritated at that, but I'm like, man, this is like straight up horror, like mythology shit. Just a lot of similar sounding names and a lot of BS confusion. Marvel. Yeah. At least they're consistent in something. That's about it. Right? Okay, so decades later, another Gregor Ruzoff married Laura, the former girlfriend of his younger brother, Philip. Jacob was born in Medias, Transylvania, soon after, and Laura was pregnant with uh, Lisa within two years of marriage. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. So, some more family history. <laughs> like, honestly, like, I, I, I really wish I had looked up, like, the family tree of this whole thing <laughs> at this point. At this point, it sounds very confusing. Right? Especially because I uh, just meet somebody else named Gregor Ruzov. Like, what are the odds? There's got to be at least three in this family at this point. Right. Minimum. So, when lightning struck Rusov as, uh, Rusov's Transylvanian castle during a full moon, the werewolf Gregor would escape confinement and begin attacking villagers and would end up being killed by silver bullets. Because, of course, they got to have it to where he escapes at some point and start causing havoc. Right? Otherwise, what's the point? You don't show you don't show a gun under the table in a scene if you're not going to use it. Exactly. Okay, so Gregor's mother uh, Maria was stoned and driven from the village, living with gypsies and learning magic. After Gregor's death, Laura found his brother Philip again, who had moved to Los Angeles and anglicized his name to Russell, and they married after a year. My God. Well, she's keeping the family. Yeah. Jeez. 
You know, I want to be upset, but one of the highest grossing shows right now is basically about this. Yep. So approximately 15 years later, the criminal organization known as the Committee would learn of Gregor's curse and blackmailed Philip, threatening to reveal the secret. To protect Laura's name, Philip intended to pay them, but had second thoughts and canceled, causing the Committee to send Mac Grant after Laura. It was one of these, like, until we started doing this podcast, I used to think I knew everything about the Marvelverse. Then we find out that there's a criminal organization known as the committee. I'm like, you know what? I don't know anything. Yeah, you don't know nearly as much as you thought you did. Every episode, I feel like we're discovering that. (laughs) But at the same time, now I do know it. So am I right? I don't know. (laughs) Existential crisis, people. You should have one. It's, uh, it's It's real good on the heart. Critically injured in a car crash on her son Jack's 18th birthday, Laura barely had time to tell him about his true father and and the werewolf curse. How convenient. Of course. Because you got to give just enough to make him know about it, but nothing for him to be able to learn anything about it. Right? Like, no, now you you get to know about this history in your blood. Go figure it out. Also, I'm just guessing that maybe, hopefully, camcorders were a thing at this point. Start recording some stuff for your kids. If you have a dark secret, just make a videotape. Yeah, but then it's on record for anybody else to find. Yeah, but I mean, god dang it, man. Like, this poor, these poor kids in, the, in these stories we read, I'm like, oh, so much could have been solved had their parents just leveled with them early on. Or that, made a video. See, leveling with them is different, but leaving on video leaves things for, like, the committee to find. You're right. <laughs> now just tell the kid, man. See, that, that would make sense. That would be better. So she would make Jack promise not to harm Philip before dying. Having inherited lycanthropy the night before, Jack slew Max Grant, yet blamed Philip for his mother's death for some time. I mean, you can't really necessarily go wrong on that because he did kind of go back on paying this organization. Yeah. So he, he, he kind of is part of the reason. Yeah, true. And, oh, man, family drama. like I don't think anybody does it better than Marvel. Dude, Mar- <laughs> Marvel legit like owns the concept of family drama. Okay, so... Uh, so Laura left Castle uh, Castle Ruzoff in Jack's names, but Philip sold the castle to Miles Blackgate, who had it moved to an island off the California coast. Jack battles a motorcycle gang, infecting its members with lycanthrope. You know, honestly, like halfway through that paragraph, all I'm thinking is like, rich people problems. Yeah, that, that's definitely first world problems. <laughs> like, holy cow, like, like, oh, like, like your life is so terrible. It's like it's like what happens? Like, well, my rich stepdad moved the castle to another <laughs> island. Sorry, what'd you say? <laughs> moved the castle? Right. I um, got pissed. I got angry because my mom didn't pick me up at the bus stop the other day. <laughs> and you're over here worrying about a castle being moved? A whole castle? <laughs> like, my god. Wait, you inherited the castle? Yeah, you gotta love that one. Man, I'm I'm actually I'm not I'm not looking to inherit anything from my mom except debt. <laughs> so Jack would spend the next few years as a traveler, shape shifting into a savage werewolf on the three nights of a full moon. He would learn of the dark hold from Nathan and Agatha Timley, uh, who briefly kidnapped the werewolf, only to meet Grizzly Ends. 
Who else but Agatha? Yeah, she she just needs to stay away from people with a dark hold. <laughs> I mean, I will say, at least in the comics, she is actually a pretty... Like, they definitely villainized her in the WandaVision show. She's actually a pretty cool character in the comics as far as, like, being willing to help people out. Yeah. That's so I I'm like, I'm like, but yeah, like, hmm. She do have a history with that dark hole. Yeah, just a bit. <laughs> okay, so that's uh that's what we got for the origin stories of uh Wolfman by Night, also aka Jack. And uh let's get into powers and abilities. Okay, so powers and abilities can willingly transform and maintain his mind. Which I know that doesn't sound like a lot, but given the type of werewolf and lycanthropy he has, that's actually pretty impressive. And just the fact that he's got lycanthropy and can, can maintain his consciousness on its own is impressive. Right. And also willingly transform. That part's the best. All right. So possesses superhuman strength, speed, stamina, durability, agility, reflexes, and acute senses. Which I feel like goes without saying when you have lycan like when you have lycanthropy. Question is, I don't know if he maintains that outside of the of the werewolf form. It doesn't sound like all of those abilities he does. From what I've been able to tell of the character, he he is very. It is very much that whole when he's a human, he's a human. When he's yeah. a werewolf, he's a werewolf. Kind of like uh, Banner and Hulk. Yeah. So possess, uh, he possesses a superhuman sense of smell, which carries over to his human form. Oh, okay. So but, some of the abilities will. So that seems to be the only one, though. <laughs> but that also, I feel, goes across the board in most stories of lycanthropy. Yep. That. So he has uh, razor-sharp teeth and claws that are able to uh, rend light metals. Which, you know, I feel as though pretty accurate with werewolves. The uh, were- uh, the werewolf is resistant to many forms of conventional injury and very difficult to kill by conventional means. I mean, yeah, I feel like the only way if you're going to kill a werewolf without silver, you're going to need to run them over with like a steamroller. A couple of times. A couple of times, yeah. So he has a healing factor, lets him heal from non-fatal wounds. Uh, also is weak to magic and silver, which the magic I feel just across the board is generally your, your go-to weakness for everybody. Pretty much, especially in, in the comics. Yeah. And that, which makes sense that one of the ways to harm a magical being would be use magic. Exactly. It goes to that whole fight fire with fire saying. Exactly. So that's it for powers and abilities. Let's get into other media. Take us away, Joker. So, first off in TV, he appears in the Superhero Squad show, Ultimate Spider-Man, Hulk and the Agents of Smash, and then the TV special on Disney Plus of the same name. In film, in 2005, there was a film adaptation that was announced, however, no developments have ever made, been made since. Ah, that would, that would explain it. Um, in video games, he does make a cameo in Marvel vs. Capcom 3, Fate of Two Worlds, and Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom and is an unlockable character in Marvel Superhero Squad Online and Marvel Avengers Academy. So, and I think the, I want to say the Academy one, I think that's a phone game. I was going to say, because I hadn't heard of that one anywhere. Like, and I, I don't know if the, the Superhero Squad, if that's a computer game or a phone game too, or because I don't recognize that one either. Yeah, I've seen same. it a few times in some of these Marvel characters, but that's about it. Oh, who knows? Like, at this point with some of the game, like the amount of games that are out there existing, 
And that I'm realizing apparently I've not been keeping up on my superhero video games. Oh yeah, neither of us have. Yeah, especially when you brought up that they did a uh, Marvel Alliance three. I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah, those were my favorite games. How did I not know a third one made its way up? A little disappointed about like that they didn't make the 2005 one, but I will say the Disney Plus one is freaking good. I feel like part of the the one in 2005 that didn't go anywhere was mainly just because it was a not a very big character, so they figured it wasn't going to make it anywhere. Also, I'm not going to lie, that is around the time when Marvel, well, when a lot of comic book companies were really struggling to like gain footing. Yep. So it, do, it does make sense why they probably didn't go with that one. Yeah. It was like, if you're already having some issues, you're not going to want to... Risk it on niche characters, especially... Yep. Because, uh, honestly, before the Blade movies, Blade was honestly arguably a niche character. He did surprisingly... Well, they got lucky with him. They got lucky with him, very much so. And they had to... Like, anybody who's curious, we do an episode on Blade. The character from the movie versus the comics, kind of drastically different. Oh, yeah. But, um, honestly, though, as we talk about at the end of every episode, I got to ask the question, you a fan of Wolfman? No, similar to some of the, the I guess, more recent characters where... I don't know him enough to where I'm not, I don't dislike him, but I'm not a huge fan of him. As a cool concept that I wish they would, uh, or I hope they do more with to make myself a fan of it. But at the moment, not a whole lot. Okay. I'm not going to lie. I love family drama and soap operas. So I've actually become more of a fan of him reading about all this family drama BS. Yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> so uh, I definitely want to start reading his comics if it's got this level of family drama soap opera. <laughs> so you know what? I'm a fan. For anyone that's still listening, if you got something out of this, enjoyed the episode, or even liked the character before from a movie, a comic, a cartoon, hell, even that t-shirt that you saw one time, you're a fan too. If you want to jump on this train, why not subscribe and share with a friend? Dick Rail out. Y'all keep riding them rails.